Good day. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I always say that because I know that there are persons watching from their, their you know, YouTube and listening from their favorite podcast platform um, in UK, which is, I suspect, is somewhere near night now. And um, in Australia, it uh, must be about the, um, night as well. And other parts of the world where it could be morning. I, I'm not sure what's going on, you know, that, that's how the world um, goes. But I'm going to be talking today about something that many of us believe it's a taboo and we shun others who might be involved in, in this thing in terms of involvement mean wanting to commit suicide, wanting to take their own lives. Is, is it that there, some of us consider them being mad, you know, schizophrenic, and not necessarily so, there, there, there's a lot of, um, of, of talk, a lot of labor being, being pushed around as it relates to persons who, who have become suicidal or have suicidal thoughts. How much do we understand those persons? How much do we understand suicide? And it, you know, it, it's something that has been tabled just recently when uh, a previous, well, someone who had won Miss U.S., and um, she is a lawyer, and she had jumped to her death in Manhattan. And we have many, many cases that we would want to highlight, or we can highlight as it relates to suicide. But we need to understand what's going on instead of just saying things out of the blues. We are going to be talking, I'm going to be talking today with a very, very important person. She has experience as it relates to to teen suicides. She has been working with teens, and and it, it's really a, a, a good thing that she has been doing, especially as it relates to teen suicide. I'm going to let into the studio Jackie Simmons to talk to us about this on a day when we have New York being 54, mostly sunny. Uh, Merrimar, where I'm reaching out from, 78. And cloudy on the outside, Atlanta 68. And if you go down to Toronto, it's 37 degrees. It's it's a um, very cold. Uh, Jackie, <laughs> Jackie, <laughs> what is like in your um, where you're from in terms of the weather? Not hearing you, Jackie. Please unmute, 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 Jackie, unmute. There we go. Okay. Can you hear me now? Cool. What is like? Well, I'm in Sarasota, Florida. It is beautiful and sunny, and I don't have to have shoes on. Yeah. Where are you? Where are you from? Where are you? Right now, I'm in Sarasota in Florida. Oh, you're in Florida. So we're in Florida together. It's just <laughs> Florida. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, and I'm in the South Flow here in uh, Merrimar. Hey, it's nice talking to you, Jackie. But there, there are a number of things we'd like to talk about, um, your mission as well. But but I'd like to find out from you before doing that. Who, who is Jackie? Who is Jackie Simon? Let me get that down first. Who is Jackie Simmons? That's a really good question. Because two years ago or three years ago, um, the answer would have been very different. <laughs> yeah. Two or three years ago, I'm an entrepreneur. I teach women entrepreneurs how to wrap a business around what they're good at. Yeah. That was Jackie Simmons. I could help you develop your marketing message. I could help you explore things. That was my public persona. And behind wow. the scenes, I was helping people permanently erase their emotional trauma from the events of their past. 
-hmm. That was my private client work. Right. And now this journey that started on August the 3rd, 2019, I call that the day my purpose tapped me on my shoulder. Wow. And I'm going to tell everybody, uh, be prepared, get ready. Cause someday okay. your purpose is going to tap you on your shoulder. <laughs> and I wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, can you, if it had happened any way other than the way it happened, I probably could have found a way to avoid it because I was really good at avoiding uncomfortable things. And I, I, I am happy that you have not avoided it. Um, this this mission. Um, this is Kenyut Exploration, your topic in a podcast. I am Dr. Kenyut White. Continue to talk to Jackie Simone. But, but Jackie, um, I, I, I often ask my guests this question, and uh, I, I'm not sure how you will answer it, but tell, tell me, tell us about your childhood. Um, <laughs> Jackie, way down at 10, 9, 7, 5. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> Guys, I did not have the typical American childhood. Okay. I'll give you a clue. I was born in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm an army brat. I oh. lived in Kentucky an entire six months. Mm. And then it was California. And then it was Okinawa. Okay. <laughs> so I, you, it's hysterical. Okay. I'm going to give you some context for why this is funny. Okay. Go ahead. My guy, Mark mm -hmm. was born and raised in the Bronx in New York city. He right. went to school from kindergarten through testing into the Bronx high school of science with the same people. Mm. I went to kindergarten on two different continents. Okay. <laughs> I mean, our, yeah, I mean, our worldviews are very, very, very different. <laughs> what happened next was the saddest thing that could happen to a kid is that oh. we came back from Okinawa without my dad. We okay. were told it was because he was being shipped to Vietnam. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And while he did go to Vietnam, he actually ended up surviving three tours of Vietnam. It was two years later when I walked into the house. I was eight years old. I walked in. Oh. Mom had company in the living room. I said, hey, mom, sorry. Didn't know you had company. And I went to my bedroom. Yeah. And then I walked out of my bedroom and walked back into the living room. Because the man in the living room with my mom was my dad. Okay. Mm. And I hadn't recognized him. Mm. And then I found out that he was never going to live with us again. Okay. Because the war in Vietnam was not the war that was going to impact my life. It was the war between the two of them. We had okay. left Okinawa, yeah. not because of Vietnam, but because they were going to get a divorce. Yeah, they yeah, just didn't yeah. tell us. Yeah. So life in my world was a little chaotic. Yeah. 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 I mean, we all have that um, side of us being chaotic during mm -hmm. our childhood. You know, 99% um, of, of, of us can say that, right? Yeah. What I've learned on my journey as a stress management consultant and now as the director of the Teen Suicide Prevention Society right. is that between the ages of zero and six, 
without the blessing of a prefrontal cortex, without the ability to reason, those are the years that we are deciding what things mean, that we are assigning meanings to things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're actually creating the belief system before the age of six that we are going to live out for the rest of our lives if we don't understand how the brain works. Mm. Interesting. (laughs) That's interesting. Can you imagine? We do what we do because of decisions we made at a time we don't even remember. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Jackie, um, as we go into the suicidal um, thing, you know, experience and so on, have you you had that experience? Um, Were you, uh, you know, did you have suicidal um, ideation? What? Tell us about that. It June. I'm going to take you in the Wayback Machine. Okay. June 1995. I have three daughters that are all in high school and middle school. Right. It's the start of summer vacation. My daughters are getting ready for their summer trip to visit their father one state away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've got daughters, but let me tell you, that only means one thing. Shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. My middle daughter, Stephanie, was 14. In between her sisters, in between schools, and in between clothing sizes. The shopping became an adventure. Oh, my God. Outfit after outfit, store (laughs) after store. Nothing fitter. (laughs) At the end of the day, we came home with nothing except an attitude. Okay. Stephanie headed straight upstairs <laughs> to the bathroom and I collapsed on the sofa, grateful to be off my feet. And then, Mom, I think I need help. Okay. My eyes were drawn to Stephanie's left arm. Blood was dripping mm. down her fingers onto the wood floor. Yeah. The emotional part of my brain started screaming screaming in terror at the side of my bleeding, obviously suicidal child. Yeah. The rational part of my brain, it started flipping through the file folders in my head, looking for the date of her last tetanus shot. Yeah. I wrapped her in my arms and assessed the wounds. They were not life-threatening. Okay, cool. But have you ever been panicky and calm at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. We applied bandages and made plans to visit the local teen mental health facility the next day. Yeah. Eventually the tears stopped and the mutual I'm sorry's were shared and she slept. I couldn't bear to be away from her. So we slept in the living room and between us was a handwritten note. It was her promise not to harm herself while I slept. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like I was going to close my eyes that night. Yeah, yeah. We were a stable, middle-class American family. And all night I stared into the darkness, listened to her breathe, grateful that she was still alive, and wondered what just happened. How did this happen? Yeah. And who's to blame? Because it had to be somebody's fault. No. Yeah. 
Yeah, very interesting. Um, tell me, tell me something, Jackie. Um, what one thing every adult should know, right, about suicide? What I learned after that day, because what followed was counseling, therapy, medications, interventions, hospitalizations, and um, thirteen more attempts. Okay. I sold myself on the idea that as long as Stephanie was getting professional help, we didn't need to talk about it. Uh -uh. Everybody needs to hear this. We didn't talk about it because I was afraid of two things. I was afraid of finding out what could cause my daughter so much mental and emotional pain that she would thought dying was better than living. That was one. The other thing I was afraid of was putting the idea back into her head. All right, so here's what everybody needs to know about suicide. No. You cannot put the idea into somebody's head. That's a myth. <laughs> it's a myth that's dead. Right, right, right. Yeah. Here's why it's a myth. Suicidal thoughts are normal. According yeah. to Freud, suicidal thinking is simply part of our natural negative bias, part of mm-hmm. our problem-solving mechanism of our brain. There's yeah. nothing wrong with the suicidal thought. The problem is when we're afraid of it. Because when we're afraid of it, we try not to think about it. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. You know, we, we have, we have heard about the, the, the situation back in Manhattan with the, the, the the former U S Miss United States of America, right. Who who jumped and there, there was this um, CNN host, right. Who had committed suicide long ago. He, He went around the world tasting foods and so on. You know, I, I, you know, he, he had committed suicide. And, and um, back in Jamaica, there was a, a governor of the Bank of Jamaica many years ago, uh, and they're well paid and successful, um, who had also committed suicide. My question is, why, why, Jackie, would people who are successful commit suicide? Because there's not a connection between success and suicide. There is no connection between dollars and despair. How do I know? Mm -hmm. Some of the most influential people in the world have been interviewed on the suicide prevention show and they have tasted defeat. And they tell me defeat tastes like gun oil because they've had a gun in their mouth. And I'm talking people that you know about. I mean, I'm talking about Ogmandino, the man who wrote the four agreements. Right. You know, he is the one who labeled that the taste of defeat. Yeah, yeah. What's more surprising rather than people taking their own lives is the fact that we don't. Okay. It's the fact that we don't. It's why we created the Why Not Workbook. Oh, interesting. See, we believe that most intervention programs are looking the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. They are looking at how do we stop suicide? Yeah. At the Suicide Prevention Society, the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, we started asking a different question. We started asking, how do we stop suicidal thinking? Okay. Especially, how do we stop suicidal thinking, which is natural, from getting stuck in someone's head, which is not natural? (laughs) And that's where we come into play. We believe in pure prevention, not waiting until there are signs. Mm-hmm. Because what we've learned is that we live in a day and an age 
we're often the first sign that someone you love is in trouble. Yeah. Is an attempt. Okay. And they don't all survive. So okay. we think waiting for signs is looking for trouble. That's why we designed the talk that stops suicidal thinking as something you do with the 20 people that you would miss the most if they were gone for any reason. Instead yeah. of waiting and intervening when somebody's at risk, we just think, have this talk. What it does is back people away from an edge that they may not even know that they're near. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Instead of me talking about the talk that saves lives, yeah. Would you be willing to role play it with me and let your audience just hear how easy it is to have the talk that stops suicide? Okay. Cool. All right. It always starts with an invitation, like what I just did. Parents, it starts with, hey, I'm decided to be part of the teen suicide prevention movement. They gave me a guide. I need to practice. Would you be willing to help me practice? As soon as you ask, would you be willing to help me? <laughs> you're lighting up part of their brain that is like the three-year-old. Oh, goody, I get to help. You <laughs> don't jump around anymore, but you're still giving them a positive dopamine hit. Right. <laughs> so that's why this works, because you're not having the talk, which makes the teen's eyes roll Yeah, back. No, I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, so we've got the invitation for you. And then we have the guide, parents, and you just read it. And this is what it sounds like. Hey, can you... Thank you for being willing to help me practice the guide. It's only four questions. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Cool. Question one. Have you heard about the rise in teen suicides? No, I haven't. No. Thank you. Question two. Do you have a story? Do you have a friend who's tried or died? Oh, yes, I do. Thank you. Question three. Have you ever thought of leaving that way? Um, yes. Honestly, yeah. Thank you. Question four. Hey, can you? Why stay? What are your reasons for staying? Because there's a lot to offer. And things can change. So let's change it. It's possible. Tell me more. It's possible to change it. And therefore, it's important to stay so that people can be fulfilled through your life, through my life. Because it doesn't matter what happened in your life, in my life. It means that there can be a change. There can be a different perspective to it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Parents, this is where you get to probe. You get to find out what's so good about your kid's life that they want more of it. And right. actually, can you? That's another way to ask the question. Right. What's so good about your life that you want more of it? Yeah. Um, I. I think that my life has, has, has so much to offer, so much example to give, to empower others. So I want more of it in order to help others. So it's an others thing. It's not a me thing. 
the reality is that when you're having the talk that stops suicidal thinking, this is where you probe. You notice the first three questions are closed-ended questions. The coaches right, yeah. who come into my training go berserk. It's a closed-ended question. I'm like, yes, for very good reason. Right. And you're not allowed to probe. Mm -hmm. You only probe at question four. You get them to get engaged. And what you will discover is what's really important to your child. Yeah, yeah. And it has a built-in. This talk has a built-in safety feature. Okay, cool. If your child has thoughts of leaving mm -hmm. and zero reasons for staying a question for oh we say stay with them and call 911 yeah this is <laughs> when you want intervention right now and yeah. yes they will hate you for it mm. and they might hate you for a really long time because they're still alive yeah, I mean it's it, it's interesting. Oh, oh, oh! You the process, the approach, you know, and 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 it helps. It's help. I'm in psychology you now, um, Jackie, and mm. and 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 it helps with the insights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 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 that's very very important. You know that may help them to want to stay, and and that's critical. I got a question for you from your yeah. background. Go ahead. What would you expect the percentage to be after thousands of talks? What would you expect the percentage to be of people who had thoughts of leaving and zero reasons for staying? I I would want to think that it's about um, sixty percent because a, a lot of times I I believe that uh, that that people at the time of of wanting to go um, would, would perhaps um, ignore the reasons for staying. The reality as it relates to the reasons for staying. When in the thousands of talks that we've had, guess how yeah. many people, guess what percentage have actually had thoughts of leaving and zero reasons for stay? Hmm. Zero. <laughs> really? <laughs> zero. This is really good news for parents. You can't do this wrong. That's our Ooh. premise. You cannot do this talk wrong. Here's why it's zero. People who are struggling with depression and suicidal thinking are really, really good at one thing, yeah. masking. Yeah. That, so that, they that, will that, that, lie. Yeah. They may tell you they've had thoughts of leaving. They will also tell you reasons for staying that are lies. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because what happens in that moment and what happened in your brain and in the brains of all your listeners, when you gave me your reasons for staying, your brain was hearing the fact that you have reasons for staying. Right. Yeah. So when someone lies about their reasons for staying, it doesn't matter. Their brain is still hearing them say yeah. that they have reasons for staying. The insights. Yeah. <laughs> and their brain is building out a new neural network. I call it a file folder. And it's yeah. a file folder labeled reasons for staying. What that does is it means when they have thoughts of leaving, now those thoughts of leaving are going to bump up against these reasons for staying. Definitely. And the thoughts <laughs> won't stay around. They will not get hooked the way that they were before. Definitely. And that, that's the idea. That's what I was trying to say, right? Because they, they, they get now this insight and mm -hmm. it, they start to have this conversation, inner conversation. Right, and, and they don't even have to be aware of it. It can happen on the subconscious right, level <laughs> because right. that's where decisions are really made. They're not made yeah. with our conscious mind. They're made with the emotions that are evoked from the thoughts in our subconscious mind based on yeah. what we believe. Yeah. 
Oh, that's that's cool. Um, what 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 makes you start in this mission, though? You you have been doing a lot of work, and I mean, based on what I'm hearing from you, you have been doing well. It's very effective. What what makes you start this? My daughter Stephanie oh, yeah. on August the third, two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, now thirty seven, yeah. broke the silence. And I'll be honest, if she had done it any way other than the way she did it, I probably would have found a way to ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. But she gave a talk. And it was a seven-minute message that matters. Oh, my God. The morning of her talk was sunny and already hot. The venue was on the outskirts of Sarasota. Yeah. I walked into the conference room and greeted Stephanie and the other 11 speakers that I had trained to deliver messages that matter. Right. Oh, you'll appreciate this. Everything worked. The videographer set up, the PowerPoints, <laughs> the, 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 oh, yeah. slides, the microphone, <laughs> everything worked. And the audience took their seats. You're right. I'm super proud of my daughter. You know, she's in oh, that yeah. nervous, excited state you get into before you give a talk. Oh my God, she looked amazing in her dark <laughs> blouse and her flowery skirt. And her hair was pulled back in combs and she was first up on the wow. speaker's roster. Yeah. So the lights dim. Everyone help me welcome Stephanie Ashton. <laughs> oh my God. She walked up and confidently shook my hand. And she started with 3,000 teenagers will attempt to take their own lives today. Just in the U.S. Oh. In the back of the room, I'm like stunned. Well, twice. First, because I had no idea the number was that high. I mean, 3,000 a day. Who knew? Right. And second, because I didn't know that suicide was her topic. Yeah. Oh. She continued. (laughs) Yeah. She said, um, when I was 14, after a bad day of shopping. I stood in my bathroom and the pain of not fitting into any clothes was just more proof that I didn't fit in anywhere. And that pain was more than I could bear. So I took a razor and I cut into my left arm, trying to end the pain and my life. Yeah. Wow. In the back of the room, I felt the blood drain from my face. Yeah. She kept talking. It wasn't my only attempt. There were others. And outside of getting professional help, I've never really talked about it, especially not with mom. Yeah. It was uh, too awkward, too easy to avoid. Yeah. We talked around it. Now, mom and I had the other talks. We had the talk about sex. Yeah. Mom yeah. and I had the talk about drugs. Mm-hmm. Mom and I had the talk about alcohol. Then I went to college on a dry campus. <laughs> that means the kegs were hidden in the showers of the girls' dorm. Okay. <laughs> mom and I had the talk about alcohol more than once, but we never talked about suicide. Yeah. And I still struggle with suicidal thinking. Yeah. There has to be some transparency, indeed, Jackie. Uh, you know, and 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 when you look at the 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 game and social media addictions of these teens, you 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 must have encountered um, some of this sort of situation, these sort of situations. What 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 do you think? How, how does um, suicide connect 
to, to this sort of addiction, game and uh, social media addiction? You know, the connection is what happened with my daughter. The okay. problem with gaming and social media, at whether you call it an addiction or not, because okay. we are all addicted to something. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we just all are. We're addicted right. to our pleasure centers, whatever <laughs> fires them. The right. issue is not how much time they're spending in front of a screen. Yeah. The issue is, are you willing to actually invite them to have a conversation, not interrupt their game, yeah. but invite them to have a conversation? Are you willing to connect with them? And most parents are not because we're afraid. Right. And we're afraid for very good reason. When my daughter said she still struggled with suicidal thoughts at 37. Right. In the back of the room, I went from pale to bone cold because it hit me the struggles that she had had to face alone because I didn't have the courage to have right. the talk about suicide. The problem is not gaming and social media. The problem is a lack of courage on the part of the parents to say, let's do this instead. And not making social media wrong, just like as a advocate for living, we never take suicide off the table. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, well, you understand this, right? Oh, parents, yeah. At, put it this way, parents. Have you ever tried to get your cell phone back from a two-year-old? The minute you try to take something away, what do they do? Hang on to it more. <laughs> so we never try to take suicide off the table. Yeah. What we do is make sure that it's not the only option on the table. Interesting. That's the challenge. Interesting. And and um, emotional intelligence. We we go back to, to persons who, who are successful, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are persons who, 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 have, who are well-educated and um, still have suicidal thoughts, right? Okay. And so on. What, I'm going to break emotional into intelligence Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. How do you blend um, emotional intelligence and, and the suicidal ideation? Well, it's funny. I just taught a class on emotional intelligence. We're rolling that out in our program for <laughs> conscious okay. transformational coaching. Cool. Emotional intelligence is the ability to stay present to your own emotions and to other people's emotions and to be in this place of pause where you can make a choice about how you respond. Right. The teen brain doesn't have a pause button. Matter of fact, most adult brains don't have a pause button. And we're not yeah. taught to be aware of what we're thinking and feeling. We are taught to be aware of the outside, not the inside growing up. Yeah, yeah. And so emotional intelligence is the cure for suicidal ideation, in my opinion. Here's what we've done. At the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, we partnered with a company, that uh, UEQ, u-eq.com. We partnered with them because they have developed emotional intelligence building card games that you can play with children as young as three. And it builds emotional intelligence through gameplay. So building on that natural desire for the dopamine hit of gameplay yeah, yeah. that teenagers are getting from their cell phones now, you know, building on that as a three-year-old, because we realize, I mean, okay, this is, this is one of those moments where you go, wow, that's brilliant. And it's followed by something else. And I'll explain. 
Here it is. If we want to prevent suicide in 13 year olds, 10 years from now, we start teaching emotional intelligence to three year olds today. Okay. This is how we will make teen suicide a thing of the past. Now, that doesn't mean the teenagers today, we're going to leave them out because we have the advocacy living yeah. program and we have, we go in anywhere. We will go to any group, any school, online, in person. We will demo this talk and get teens engaged in role playing like you and I did. Right, right. Uh -huh, yeah. uh -huh. It works. It backs people away from an edge. What do we know if you back them away from an edge? You never have to talk them off the ledge. <laughs> Right. You know, uh, Jackie, Christianity, you know, I, I heard persons saying, okay, you are a Christian um, and you are, you have suicidal thoughts. It's up the devil. And, you know, so a lot, a lot of persons try to, to separate Christianity and, uh, from, from suicidal ideation, ideation. And, and, and perhaps figure that once someone is suicidal, they are demonic. That person is demonic. Talk to me. I'm, I'm going to hit this from three different directions really quickly. First yeah. is the disclaimer. My grandpa was a preacher. You're right. And his father was a preacher. And his father was a preacher. So I got five generations back and more than five generations wide in evangelical Christianity. Mm -hmm. I was a Bible student. Yeah. So here's what I know. The most suicidal person in the world was Jesus Christ. Okay. He knew that if yeah. he did what he was called to do, he was going to die. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Boom. All right. So now we've taken this out from being a sin because the language like commit yeah. suicide implies that we've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. Stop with this nonsense, guys. And it is nonsense in my world because what you're doing is now making somebody guilty for having a thought. The yeah. minute you put guilt on top of discomfort, on top of fear, now you've encapsulated in what we call the negative echo chamber. Yeah. So anybody who shames somebody for suicidal ideation is part of the problem. Yeah. Wow. And that's just my world because the minute you put stigma in the way of an honest conversation, you're preventing communication. You're preventing oh, yeah. connection. And yeah. what saves people? from jumping off the ledge is their connection to someone who's living. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you are in judgment around somebody else's thinking, I'm going to invite you to go back to your Bible and let ye who is without sin cast the first stone. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. This is Ken Youth Exploration. You're a topic in a podcast. I'm Dr. Ken Youth White sitting in with Jackie Simmons. Uh, very interesting conversation. Jackie, hey, Jackie law of attraction. Yeah, <laughs> excited. Okay, because <laughs> you know that negative echo chamber I was talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, here's how it works. You ready? Yeah. In this day and age, people are afraid of their thoughts, especially if they deem it a suicidal thought, and they're afraid because they don't want to be a burden. They don't want to have to go see somebody. They don't want somebody to worry about them. They have right. some reasons for being afraid. Yeah. So they have a thought and it passes, no big deal. They have a thought and it stays, they start to worry and they don't want to talk about it. So they try not to think about it. Uh, can it mm. <laughs> try not to think about an elephant? Right. What just happened in your brain? I was like, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, the elephants come out. Right, yeah, a lot of things happening. <laughs> yeah. 
so what's happening in the brain is that you're actually doubling down on the thought because now you're thinking about trying not to think about what you don't want to think okay. about and you're layering it up. The law of attraction is the explanation of how your subconscious mind works. Your subconscious mind is elegantly designed to bring about what you think about. So if you're thinking about not thinking about a suicidal thought, your subconscious mind starts doing what your subconscious mind is designed to do. Yeah. It starts looking for opportunities and creating opportunities, making plans for what it thinks you want. Yeah. This is the law of attraction in action that nobody wants to talk about. What you think about your subconscious mind is designed to bring about. Now, in a teenager, here's the problem. They don't have a prefrontal cortex that co that's completely built out. Right. So they don't have perspective. They don't have a pause button. I mean, physically, the prefrontal cortex is there by the age of 12, yeah, but yeah. it's not developed until the age of 24, Definitely. if we're lucky. Right. I've yeah. met some people that I wonder about. <laughs> yeah. So now you've got subconscious plan and all it takes is for that to cross an opportunity. This is why we had to install jump nets on bridges in America yeah. mm -hmm. because subconscious plan crosses opportunity in a teenager. Boom. They are gone. We've got teenagers waking up in emergency rooms saying, I don't know what happened. I don't know what oh, came up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's because consciously they didn't know they had a plan. Right. Yeah. You mentioned something about thinking about your own um, thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, metacognition, we call it in psychology. And, and, and you know, that, 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 is, a, that is a reality. Uh, um, tell, tell me, though, if suicide didn't come to my doorway, right? In mm -hmm. my house, in my community, in my friend's um, friend circle. Um, why should I care, um, Jackie? There's one in every room. Okay. Every room I walk into, whether it's in person or online, there is one person grieving the yeah. loss of a friend or a family member to suicide. Yeah. And there is at least one person struggling to stay alive. Yeah. Do you know four young adults? Yeah, of course. Four? Yeah, I know, I know young. Yeah. According to the Center for Disease Control, if you know four young adults, one of them is struggling to stay okay. alive. And here's what we've discovered. You cannot tell by looking. Yeah. You can't tell by looking. Yeah. So you've got two choices. You can either wait until suicide has touched your life. Or you can have the talk that stops suicidal thinking with everybody you know to make sure that suicide doesn't touch your life. Yeah. You're either proactive or reactive. And if you're waiting to be reactive, you're looking for yeah. trouble. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Jackie, should anyone have us say, I will never have suicidal thoughts? Is it that it's latent and it can come at any time? You know, should people say, hey, I will never, Jackie. I will never. And I'm sure that you have never said, I'm not going to take <laughs> this anymore. I'm never going to live like this again. Scarlett O'Hara, as God is my witness. <laughs> those are suicidal thoughts. We yeah. just don't recognize them as suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And they just pass. They're a normal part of thinking. Yeah. Unless yeah. you become afraid of them. 
in which case then you start doubling down on them, trying not to think about them. So if someone says, I will never have a suicidal thought, I'm like, good on you. What <laughs> drugs are you taking? Um, you know, I mean, the reality yeah. is that it's just part of our worst case scenario problem solving. There's nothing to be afraid of. But because we have cast so much stigma on it, we yeah. have made it so wrong. We use words like commit suicide, which makes it sound like a crime. When what we really mean is that someone died by suicide. Yeah. The same way someone died by pneumonia. You know, there's, it's just, they died and this is how they died. And when you can look at it from that point of view, yeah. then all of a sudden you can talk about it because there's no drama around it. Right. And the people who are looking for biblically based things around this. It's, 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 uh, I know, right? Judge not. I mean, but we judge all the time. We are judgment making. Oh yeah, we, we do so, that. <laughs> and, you know, the reality is you can decide that you'll never have a suicidal thought. Cool. Mm -hmm. And can you accept that that might not be true for other people? Okay. We're not looking for you to be other people. We are yeah. looking for you to radically accept that your experience of the world is just that, yours. And that other people's experience of the world Absolutely. is different. Yeah. And if you want to be part of the movement to make teen suicide a thing of the past, come get the guide. It's free. The training, the video training is free yeah. at teensuicidepreventionsociety.com. Right. And for $27 a month, you can join the society. And you know what we're doing? We've partnered with the VICO project in the Makuru slums of Nairobi, Kenya. Wow. And you know, I'm going to talk more bef before we end in a couple of minutes about your your mission in terms of, you know, what you do, can people get involved? But this thing about 4Q script, what is that? And and that, where do we get that? That's the four questions that I asked you when we did. Oh, but there's a that's, script that yeah, you have. That's the okay. that saves lives and it's for free. Okay. I get you. <laughs> yeah. So it's oh, called the four questions. Now, four questions. For, yeah. See, my guy is Jewish. That. So yeah. the four questions have a meaning. Yeah. There are four questions they yeah. ask at Seder right. table every year. <laughs> so that's why it was so much fun to create the four questions that stop suicidal okay. thinking from getting stuck in your head. So that's the 4Q script. It's what we role played. <laughs> it's the guide that people can have for free. And it's what we will come and demo anywhere that people, that a group gathers. Right. Cool. I love that. You you talked about um, signs. The, the, the only time you see that sign is the attempt. You said that somewhere before. But that's are there any other signs? Sign. Oh, yeah. yeah. We actually have this. Um, right. If you If somebody wants to know what are the signs of potential suicide? There are two places I recommend. Right. One is the Center for Disease Control. They have a okay. checklist. I think it's the most guilt-producing document of all time because mm. nobody goes and looks at it until after a loved one attempts or dies. Mm. The other place you can go is youcanttellbylooking.com. Okay. At youcanttellbylooking.com, you can get our suicide risk assessment. And you can take the assessment for yourself and your family to find out 
are you at risk based on what we know to be true? Based on our research at the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, disclaimer, we are not a governmental research facility. (laughs) We are based on our own experience. This is based on the talks that we've had with people. Yeah, I'm going to be talking about your TED talk as well. But um, oh. I saw this. I saw this on your website. Um, to tame an elephant is to talk about it. You perhaps alluded to something like that earlier, talking about it. But tell tell me about this this actual statement. Tame the elephant. Yeah, it's to talk the about elephant it. in the room. The right, elephant yeah. in the room is a limiting belief. The elephant in the room is what you know is a problem, but you don't want to talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah, You don't want to talk about it. We call that taming the elephant in the room. We uh, actually oh. have the way of the <laughs> elephant. Yeah, I mean, it's part of our culture because you could be riding tsunami, the elephant of anxiety. You know, that right. feeling you get when all the yeah. water left the beach. You can't see it, but you know it's coming. Yeah. Or you could be riding avalanche, the elephant of overwhelm, or quagmire, the elephant of being stuck, or eclipse, the elephant of being invisible to yourself, where you've lost touch with how you feel, who you are, what you think. Mm -hmm. Those are the elephants that we help people tame. And there's, I got a whole herd of elephants. Let me tell you. (laughs) The one thing I will guarantee you is if you come into our world, either through the Teen Suicide Prevention Society or Success Journey Academy, the elephant you rode in on is not going to be the one you ride out on. I love that. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Uh, You you know, this thing about a lot of times people who have suicidal thoughts, uh, persons would say, hey, you're mad. That's a myth. We know, right? Based on what you have said and, you know, my psychological background, your work with suicidal teens, right? And uh, we want our audience to know that um, those persons are not mad, but need help, need your support. That's all. If you don't know how to support them, find somebody who does. There are a lot of places you can get free training on how to intervene if you think that somebody is struggling. That's not us. We call those intervention specialists. What we are is prevention providers, pure prevention, proactive. We want you to start having this talk, taking these actions before you think they are needed. And all you have to do to help is just go to the Teen Suicide Prevention Society.com, download the guide, watch the videos, make a list of the 20 people that you would miss the most if they weren't around for any reason. Pick up the phone and invite them to have the talk. Yeah, I'm going into your, uh, sorry, I'm going into your TED talk, but what I want you to do is to advise me, hypothetically, uh, you know, I'm saying, I, I am suicidal. What's your advice to me, hypothetically, you know, role playing here? Talk to me. If you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, get help. Don't wait. Pick up the phone. Dial 911. Mm-hmm. If you're not sure whether you're struggling with depression or anxiety, go to emotional elephants. Speaking of elephants, 
emotionalelephants.com. We have free and anonymous screenings for depression and anxiety there that are overseen by mental health professionals. Nobody needs your name. They are free and anonymous. So you can find out, are you dealing with situational depression or clinical depression? Are you struggling with anxiety or are you just worried? So if you're not sure, you can go there and get free help. If you really want to help, you really have, you know, you're not willing to dial 911, dial the 800 number wherever you live, dial the suicide intervention hotline, talk to a stranger. Why? It's often easier to talk to a stranger than it is to talk to someone who knows the possible players in our pain. Right. So talk right. to a stranger. Yeah. I, so I, now I, uh, you've got intervention, you've got reactive, the 800 number. All of these things are available to you. You can get the screening for depression and anxiety okay. for free without ever giving your name. You don't have to be seen by somebody to get help. And I will say, get help. Right. Don't wait. Get help. We want you to stay. Here's what yeah. we believe. Heaven doesn't need another angel. <laughs> Heaven knows we need you here. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and can you exploration, your topic in a podcast supports that we need you here. Um, you have a lot to do. We, we want you here. Um, and hey, if Jackie. you don't have something to do, you connect with us at the team suicide prevention. <laughs> right. We will give you something to do. <laughs> yes, definitely. And, and I remember my audience, remember that, right? Um, reach out to Jackie later on. We, we will give you her contact. <laughs> right. So you can have, Jackie, we, your actually TED got talk. My, we actually got the TEDx talk up on the TeenSuicidePreventionSociety.com website. Oh, so cool. now they can just go there and watch the TEDx talk. Oh, so they can go there and watch the, 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 the TEDx. Yeah. We made uh, it a lot easier. And if they leave a comment, I promise I will reply. Hmm, cool. I, I, I saw you here. Um, oh. <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm, I'm very creative in us. <laughs> sure. You are very creative. I am very impressed. That's you. Be passionate about it. And I love that. <laughs> hey, hey, Jackie, that's being passionate. T tell us about though, your, um, the, 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 this mission. It, it's, it's doing well. It's effective. I know it's effective because you seem like someone who, who ensure that it's effective and you are doing a very good job. Um, do you have anything to say about the mission in terms of it's you know what's going on with it? We are putting together the Advocates for Living program to roll out on colleges mm -hmm. and in corporate America because you can't tell by looking. Yeah. And what if we could just prevent the problem? Yeah. What if you could create a culture on your school campus or in your building, in your office, in your company? of people who are advocates, not just for themselves, not just for your clients, but for each other. What mm. if you went to work every day knowing you were walking into a group of people who were your advocate for a better life for you, that everyone was an advocate for each other? That's mm. the culture we are out to create in the world. And so now we're rolling that out on college campuses and in corporate America. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, so you're going into the organizations, into the education system. But let me ask this quickly. In Florida, 
you have been start you started out in Florida, you're doing well. Are you how, how far across the country are you going? Are you thinking of international intervention? Let me let me ask that. We partnered to answer your question in one sentence. Yeah. We partnered with the Vico project in the McCoover slums of Nairobi, Kenya, where oh. their child yeah. suicide yeah. rate makes ours look like nothing. Every day, because of our partnership, over 750 children are getting breakfast, often their only meal of the day. And the school absentee rate, the school attendance rate, the school attendance rate among these kids was about 23%. Yeah. Now it's over 80% because wow. they are having breakfast, they're going to school. Because that. we fund a library building, they have a safe place to come in the morning mm. and they have a safe place to go after school where there's electricity, where they can do homework. Yeah. And this month we partnered with them to build a shelter. So people who were vulnerable at night and mm. victimized and yeah. raped and sodomized now yeah. have a place where they can go at I night and be safe. Mm. And every dollar that comes into the teen suicide prevention society goes to support that mission. I love that. Jackie. And the other missions around the world. I love we that. are very much bootstrapped and self-funded. So mm. if somebody joins the society for $27 a month, okay, they're impacting the lives of hundreds of children, not just in America, but around the world. Right. And in the description of this episode, those of you listening on your favorite podcast platform, watching the description of this episode has the, the links to, to Jackie's website and, and um, Instagram. And yeah, you can contact her through, through those means. But um, Jackie, I, you will not get away with this. Have you ever gone to Jamaica? I, I'm no. Jamaican. And why not, Jackie? <laughs> I haven't been to Jamaica. I have barely been in the that part of the world at all. Um, I will have to put it on my list. Please, please, right? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have Please. to tell me what's so good about Jamaica. You, you realize that I'm friendly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jamaicans are friendly people. They, they ah. would welcome you with, with that, with that, you know, with that open arms. And yeah, the, the beaches are, are, are great, right? The, the sunshine, well, you're in Florida, but, but the, the sunshine in Jamaica is far different, right? There we go. <laughs> I, I will make a plan. Yeah. So 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 there are more, but you know, make a plan, right? I love to tell my guests to visit Jamaica. I mean, <laughs> you could right? be a travel agent, you know. Well, who knows? I'm doing that in my own way here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are there any other any other um, contact, Jackie, that you'd like to give while while we finish up? I'd like to give everyone a gift. And the gift is the ability to instantly shift your brain from negative, neutral, or stressed to positive by watching something for only three minutes. Yeah. You can find it at emotionalteflon.com, T-E-F-L-O-N. You know, that stuff that makes it where things slide off of you. Mm. This makes other people's negative emotions slide off of you. And cool. so there's a gift there for everyone at emotionalteflon.com. Right. And and um, Jackie's website, you can go there. And um, Instagram page, you can go there 
and um, you contact her further. And um, Jackie, hey, it's, it's so nice to, to talk with you. I've learned a lot and I, I'm very engaging and, um, you know, I, I really love it. I continue to do the work that you have been doing, Jackie. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. So that was Jackie. And um, Jackie Simon is, is such a, a shining star. She, what she's doing is very, very important, guys. And she's trying to save teens. And um, we need to, to assist. She talked about how you can assist the, the, the mission. Please go to our website and see how much or best you can assist the, the mission that Jackie is doing. You know, be, be a partner with Jackie and, 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 and see how best we can save teens around the world. Even if we don't um, perhaps get into a section of the world, then you will understand that at least we save one. And, and it's very critical as teens are suicidal. They have a lot of challenges. Don't think that your two, two-year-old, that your five-year-old is not um, having a challenge, mental challenge, you know, depression and so on. They can get stressed too. So, so talk about it. That elephant in the room, right? Talk about it. This was Ken Youth Exploration, your topic in a podcast. I am Dr. Ken Youth White. Be safe out there. Thank you. And goodbye.